Hello, everyone, and welcome to uh, the 50th episode of my uh, podcast. I've had over 2,000 downloads now, so uh, thank you all to everyone who subscribes and listens. I really do appreciate it. So today I thought I would do something, not a little different, um, but tackle a, a subject which has been dwelling on my mind for a while, and that is social selling. Is it dead? Now, you may think this is a little bit of a strange topic for me to tackle because that's ultimately what I, I do and what um, uh, we help organizations with and around how they can build social selling strategies into their overall go-to-market uh, strategy. And the reason that I believe that this topic needs to be debated, uh, challenged, is that it's, it's gone away from from where I believe it originally was meant to be. And I was doing some research on this and, and there's always big debates on uh, on social, on LinkedIn, on Twitter, cold calling versus uh, social selling, which I think is just a ridiculous com conversation because this isn't an and or thing. But like I said, doing some research, delved into um, trying to find where the first kind of concept, where social selling was first used as a term so put it into um, google provenance of uh, social selling and if a few of a, a through a few articles um but wikipedia came up with some really really interesting uh, links which led me to a youtube vlog much like um this one but way back in 2009 uh, and it was with a a gentleman uh, who did a, did, a, did a video on what he referred to as uh, sales 2.0. And he referred to it as uh, social calling, which I thought was just an interesting concept to, um, uh, to chat about. And what he was talking about then, if you bear with me, I will get uh, his name. So here we go. So Nigel uh, Edelshane. And Nigel is the uh, was the founder of Sales 2.0. He's now chairman of uh, uh, Emeritus um, Wharton Club in uh, in New York. But this was back in in 2009. And he was making some interesting points in the video. It's a 10 minute video, but he was making some interesting points in that before the age of the internet, so before the age of Google, let's say, you know, Google is the internet as far as everyone's concerned, um, but certainly when Google came around, sales reps, well rather, let's flip it on its head, clients and prospects had to talk to salespeople. They had to, because that was the only way they could really get a product update to what was happening in the um, uh, in the market. So phone call or field sales saying going out to, uh, talk to their clients and update them on their products and systems. Yes, of course, there was uh, there was snail mail, um, brochures coming through the um, uh, through the post. But of course, that's a time uh, that couldn't necessarily answer the question instantly or there and now. If maybe they were having an RFP and they wanted to um, find out what was going on, so of course that then gave the opportunity for said salesperson to meet, have a conversation, and then pitch and sell, uh, go straight into discovery and understand kind of why the question was there and why the question was being uh, being asked. Then he talked about obviously the rise of the internet and the rise of Google, and you could just search the white papers. You could search for the information that you, um, you wanted. So this then starts to then kind of remove the salesperson from that that early stage discovery, that early stage uh, due diligence. 
He then refers to, um, as I said, social calling and actually how the the internet then started to actually help salespeople and they thought differently about the process because they too could then find that information uh, about uh, their clients. And he was typically talking about, he referred to as trigger events and trigger events is something that we still talk about um, today or certainly I still talk about uh, today. Kind of intent data uh, is probably the modern uh, version of, uh, of that. But he was talking about trigger events. So typically uh, a job change or um, raising money, stuff that you could read in the press or stuff that you find on, on the internet that was an event to then create a, uh, a reason to then reach out in a personalized way, but to kind of start a conversation. I've just seen this happen. I believe we can, uh, we can help you at a, a basic, um, basic level. And this is back in, in 2009. Then kind of fast forward for where we are today, 2021, and the journey that we've, um, we've been on. So let's then take a step back in history. Uh, history, I guess, not that long ago, but um, uh, Timothy Hughes and um, Matt Reynolds, I think it is, uh, wrote the leading, the pioneer, you know, Tim is the pioneer on, on the concepts and the frameworks of social selling in the modern era book was written back in 2016 and what he wrote back in 2016 still holds very true today and it's backed up by you know the CEB research or CEB which is now Gartner uh, research around you know challenger sale challenger process uh, the due diligence the customers x percent through the uh, the buying journey before they reach out to salespeople. if you project yourself as a salesperson uh, research from chief sales officer insights says that you are down the pecking order i think it's worth kind of 23 percent in terms of people they want to talk to versus uh, referrals versus doing their own research or people looking through um, websites and uh, and so on so the proponent of well, the concepts of social selling are around, well, how do you then get back in front of your audience? And how do you start to build a relationship with your buyers so that you are front of mind or your intended audience or prospects? So you are then front of mind. So when it comes to that crunch point that they want to issue an RFP, invite you in for a, a, a conversation, you are the people, the person or the business or the team that they go to based on how you position yourself, what they've found, what your overlap network um, looks like, how you're leveraging content to promote yourself as a subject matter expert in, in the area that is focusing on them and their business need. So that they are already in their mind talking to the right person to help them solve um, the problem that they uh, they have. The challenge that we now have is that, of course, the concept of social selling is you don't actually sell on social, and it is part of the entire sales process. Some people refer to it as sales um, prospecting, some people call it modern selling, some people call it digital selling, but the key proponent in all of this is it's the social network. It's the community which is the base point to start to build all this from. Of course, you still need to have um, phone calls. Yes, if you want to do email marketing, email marketing can can and does work. There is tons of research out there which actually backs up open rates and the things that do work and don't work and this and that in um, 
in particular industries, in particular spaces. So in the kind of the, the SaaS space and software sales, tech sales, um, you know, companies are getting huge valuations based on the, the sales engagement technology that they provide around this. And I'll, I'll come on to that in a, um, in a minute. The, the, the challenge that we've got around the concepts of social selling is that um, there's now so many different things, variants of what the original concepts that um, uh, Tim Hughes came out with his book and Tim and now um, Adam Gray have written kind of subsequent books around this is that people want kind of a quick win. People kind of want the silver bullet uh, in sales and prospecting. And there is no silver bullet in sales or prospecting. Once you've started that business conversation, once you've started that face-to-face -face conversation, sales still remains true in terms of like it was 20 years ago in my recruitment days and um, you know, owning the, the process cradle to grave from finding the prospects, cold calling the prospects, meetings, phone calls, creating the pitch documents to signing the business off and then delivering in that case, obviously hiring the people into, uh, into the sales, uh, the sales team. The challenge that we have now today is that with the age of the internet, and if you look at Simon Kemp's uh, most recent research uh, from uh, Kepios and We Are Social and Hootsuite, over 52% of the world's population is now on social media. So there's a huge amount of noise there's a huge amount of um attention that we are fighting for and people are trying to find shortcuts and of course one of the shortcuts that people always look to is technology no matter what it is you know technology to make our lives um uh easier the apple the smartphone you know people said to um, jobs that the iphone would never work why would you put music on a phone it's ridiculous people want a phone and music player hey presto look where that's uh, look where that uh, has led us or le has le leading us to in terms of you know, the smartphone revolution is very much part of probably all, all, all of this around I want things fast, I want things now. I've heard it referred to as the, the economy of now. I can't do it in two clicks. So in the world of sales, when the pressure is to uh, get more, do more quicker, we tend to look to technology as that solution. Whereas whenever we have gone into an organization to kind of unpick or reset or even build out a social selling framework and program, we actually have to get people to step away from the technology in the first instance and get them to actually think differently about what it is they're trying to do. However, Link, automation, LinkedIn, LinkedIn requests, automated sales, automated this and automated that. And I said, I will come on to this because it absolutely has a, has a point and a purpose in most industries, I would suggest, but not, uh, not all. Now, what then happens is that people then engage in this, either you're a solopreneur or even large organizations, engage in this, uh, this approach. They think they are social selling, but actually all they are doing is just spamming. And we know that from, you know, from an email marketing perspective, there's a lot of spam out there. Spam filters I read, you know, a while ago, the G Suite, Google, Gmail filters 100 million marketing emails uh, a day. You all can get blacklisted on, you know, company ISPs, et cetera, um, in terms of how you send or if they think you're just, uh, just spamming. So that is not social selling when you're doing this on social, you're just, spamming the market and it's just annoying, frustrating, can damage uh, 
you as an individual in terms of your brand it can damage the brand of the organization that you uh, that you represent but there's more and more of this uh, happening and that then starts to create a, a challenge that when organizations start to consider is social selling something that we should look at when they've had a really bad experience of what they perceive social selling to be they think oh, well social selling doesn't work and again i think it's the it's, it's the selling bit of social and i, I you know I, I openly admit that I, I wrestle with the term because it's using social channels to start a business conversation to develop a um a, a business conversation and you can use it alongside other uh, touch points and uh, and cadences so if we then take the fact that social selling is a framework and a behavior what one needs to start thinking about then is how does this then fit into we're going to go into consulting speak your sales operating model your overall sales operating model because it could well be that your current sales operating model is not fit for purpose for what it is you are trying to drive through sales effects and sales operations, sales enablement. I mean, they kind of are all of the, um, the same thing. And if your processes aren't fit for purpose or aren't fit for what is the 21st century and what is the modern buyer, then whether it's technology or social selling or cold calling or whatever, email might doesn't really matter, it's going to fail. Because what this then steps back to, and you know, I complete I complete projects with the accounting firms, law firms, uh, just uh, completed a big project with 42 uh, AEs and 10 SDRs across um, Europe for a, a global SaaS uh, organization. And a lot of this was system fatigue so too many systems they felt that the sales reps had to kind of deal with because separate conversation maybe but certain security policies internally meant the systems couldn't integrate by not having systems integrating properly meant data sharing is not necessarily uh, as good as it could be and therefore when it comes to the social selling aspect so primarily we were looking at linkedin and linkedin sales navigator it felt like just something else to do because they could not necessarily understand how this could fit into the current sales operating model that they were working to. Break it down, break back, explain the process of actually what we're asking you to do through social, which are the three main proponents are, uh, in my view, your personal brand or however you want to describe it how people perceive you when they meet you online, wherever it is, how you are projecting yourself, what do you stand for? What conclusions are they leading or jumping to about you versus the, the competition, if they can find you? Separate conversation, separate vlog. Then it's around, of course, the network. So how curated is your, uh, is your network? The more curated your network is, the bigger opportunity you have for referral, for referrals, both internally, but also through your own network, but then also through how you can leverage content to sell through the network, not to the network, 
Again, separate, uh, separate kind of piece. Then the final bit is around content itself, the story. So how do you work in marketing? How are you using content that marketing is giving you to, to work more effectively? Are you talking to marketing in a sales process? So to go, this type of content is not landing. Let me help you with the story and the narrative. Marketing then create that for you, varying formats, video, podcasts, vlogs, seminars, that really matter. Then you repurpose that back into um, uh, back into market to then start to engage start conversations how do you respond to comments do you connect with people who comment on your posts do you follow up do you follow people what is your outbound approach in terms of the personalized messaging not personalized messaging and so on and so forth that is the concept of the social bit of the selling bit then once you get into the sales process that's then whatever your sales operating model looks like or your sales process is to then support that the whole way uh, the whole way through Going back to um, Nigel's uh, video back in 2009, again, he raised an interesting, interesting point. He talks about referrals and referral selling. Actually, a referral is we all, well, certainly from my perspective, when I get a referral, it's it's really, really powerful. I've had some, I've had a cold outreach, so cold inbounds to me uh, only this week. And said, yeah, happy to have a conversation, trying to set up a diary. And then he said to me uh, on email only this morning, I was out with X last night and they were singing your praises. I'm like, awesome. I didn't even, you know, I haven't even controlled this. So already in that individual's mind, I am the right person to talk to. And he reached out to me based on a referral and has met somebody else who has referred me again. So this is what this is all about. How, how, do, how have I done that? I have a presence in terms of what I do online. People recommend me, people tag me in posts when they see things, when people are asking for help around LinkedIn, sales navigation and social. So that's many facets of referral and referral uh, referral selling. But going back to the Nigel's video in 2009, in his view, and I do believe this, that a referral is like of magnitude, 10x uh, more powerful than the out and out um, kind of cold outreach. And this for me, I believe is to um, where social and social selling can really start to maybe pivot or move into are we actually is, is it are we actually talking about referral selling and the social network is just actually the the, the modern referrer rather than the, the rolodex or the um uh, the conference or the, the webinar whatever it's uh, whatever it is i don't know just putting this out there for for debate and uh, and conversation because it's a bit like when people talk about digital marketing well, if you've got a marketing department and a digital marketing department and then why the two kind of split because my view is that and this is a matt meeks from cto of cohesis a accelerator startup like i said they are an accelerator in terms of helping you develop ai models really quickly and really awesome he was at a conference and he was asked how do you know when an organization has embraced digital transformation and he said when we stop putting digital in front of everything same for me goes in terms of um, digital marketing. Maybe the same goes, how do we know when we've totally embraced social selling? Well, maybe it's when we stop putting social in front of selling because it's just part of what we do. It's just part of that overall sales cadence, sales process, sales operating, uh, sales operating model. And this for me, I, I believe that um, what the last you know, half of 2020 has kind of proven through the uh, through, through the pandemic, uh, it's forced a lot of people into working in different ways. It's forced a lot of people 
onto online that maybe weren't so prevalent on uh, on there. It's forced different things happening on LinkedIn, for example. And so from my perspective, is this, are we actually moving from sales 2.0? I need to quote Mark uh, Humphreys uh, on this. Um, he's a chairman, he's chairman of a number of uh, VC bats, PE bats uh, organizations, helps them, uh, you know, guide them. You know, we are in the fourth industrial revolution. So is this actually sales 4.0? Is that the world that we are now moving into and part of? So if we then kind of take this a step further, and accepts the concepts of what social, selling, the social just has to be part of selling today. It just has to be. If it's not part of your overall sales processes, just give up and go home. Genuinely, just give up and go home. If you are, I don't care whether you're a solopreneur or a global organization, if you're not using Sales Navigator, in my personal view, have zero commercial relationship with LinkedIn, from a technology perspective, uh, if you're not using Sales Navigator versus the competition that are, again, you're going to start losing out. You're going to massively start losing out. That's where uh, we're starting to see more focus, more investments. It's where we're starting to see Microsoft Drive um, integration across multiple, uh, multiple platforms. You have to have the behavioral understanding of how to build social into the DNA, into the behavior of the sales reps it has to be understood from a, uh, a leadership perspective it has to be understood from a management perspective and yes one can actually manage how effective social selling is or how effective the social aspect of your sales processes are much like you should be measuring your your email marketing campaigns or your marketing campaigns and i'm not talking necessarily about impressions and clicks and that kind of view although that helps because linkedin's in a, in a very organic state at the moment and by that you can get huge amounts of impressions for free so uh, your post if you will has gone through someone's news feed so they've seen it they don't have to do anything with it they may disagree with what you say or not agree with what you or agree with what you say but you don't know that but it's a view and you haven't paid for that that's the key thing other than the time that's gone into creating the content that's not been paid for so linkedin is is very much in that space at the um at the moment but then this comes back to actually tracking and crm behaviors that you have your playbook if you will that how this is built into your overall sales operating model how are you creating unique codes and salesforce dynamics whatever sugar crm we'll come on to them in a minute um how are you building that so that when a rep and this again you, you need to decide what every organization is different what qualifies as a lead what qualifies as pipe when is it then put into the uh, into the system as you will to start to record. At that point, the person needs to record. This came from inbound. Okay, great, awesome. This came from a webinar. This came from marketing campaign. This came from a post that I wrote on LinkedIn. This came from a tweet. This came from Team Link on Sales Navigator. This came from a podcast. Start to record that in terms of the origination of the conversation then you can start to actually prove that the social aspect of selling it does it, you know, it works. I guarantee that um, uh, it, it works. 
I've got examples when I was doing this in my previous life where one blog post we could track back to generated £50,000 worth of, um, uh, of business. We have examples of working with large organizations where one individual just put into practice what we uh, what we said and generated within a week a million pound business business conversation you're going to have to go on and close this and this is the whole point around social selling is not going to win you more business social is going to help you create a better in my view more effective faster pipeline by creating a more effective faster pipeline through your community, through referrals, through uh, inbound, then if you understand what your CAC is, your cost of acquisition, you can then start to have some really interesting insight and data, which you can take back to the CFO. Hey, we've actually are shortened our sales cycles. We've increased we've increased uh, profitability, and therefore we are saving you uh, saving you money. The byproduct of the social aspect of all of this is not only generating pipeline or increased pipeline on top of what you're already doing other things brand purpose of the organization recruitment uh, a, a SaaS telco player that we work with uh, sales director created a job site a job advert as a linkedin article had lots of applications through it he'd written it in a very clever way in the way that it was done so it wasn't a standard job application and they've saved themselves the best part of two hundred thousand pounds worth of recruitment fees Again, take that back to your CFO. With that, can I hire three more SDRs, two more AEs, 10 AEs, whatever you um, pay them. With that 200,000 pounds saving recruitment, <clears throat> can I put that into some marketing spend? Can I put that into investing in, <clears throat> in some more technology? Can I put that into moving into sales engagement tech? Can I put that into better data analytics? And this is, you know, going back to Mark's point, Mark Humphrey's point around, are we moving into the world of sales 4.0? I'm very fortunately part of an insane WhatsApp uh, group, uh, people who are all, all over the place, and they are hugely focused on um, sales engagement tech and sequencing, and how can you build the best sequence or cadence to start a conversation. And they're big proponents of cold outreach. And it's working based on what I'm seeing and what I'm hearing and the research that is being uh, that is being shared. As I said, appropriate for their market. Would that work necessarily in the professional service market in terms of what they do? Maybe, maybe not. But we accept that social has to be part of the DNA of the selling aspect. Then the next iteration of social selling, if you will, for me, is then data, are we, let's not call it something, but data-led selling. Because as organizations and as sales teams and as individuals start to grow and move, we're like, okay, why would I not be on social? Why would I not use LinkedIn to be part of the sales process? This is how I operate, it's what, what I what I do. So the next iteration of this for organizations to start getting their head around is, um, which Gong, if you don't know Gong, uh, sales engagement tech, primarily around um, voice, awesome piece of kit, uh, just raised uh, another bunch of cash, which values them at just over two billion. So voice isn't gonna go uh, anywhere. anywhere. Uh, they were talking about the fact that we're now moving into the world of kind of revenue intelligence or revenue operations. Um, so Justin Michael talks about RevOps and re revenue, revenue operations which is kind of the bit in the middle between maybe sales enablement, sales effectiveness, et cetera, with the sales team and marketing. So RevOps kind of sits now in the, in, in the middle to start to help you understand what are the, the best sequences, the best cadences, the best time to 
outreach, etc., be it email, phone, uh, and social. And I think that social is, is the final frontier in all of this. And we see on LinkedIn people trying to crack the algorithm, people trying to find when the best time is to uh, is to post, not to post. Um, just listen to a fascinating podcast between um, Andy Foote and Andreas Janssen, who's the founder of Shield. Uh, Shield is one of the very few uh, apps that actually enables you to track your own engagement on LinkedIn. Um, very interesting to see where this is uh, this is all uh, all going so this is then when it comes kind of back to your sales processes and your sales overall operating model H- how is the technology fitting in with that or does your pro- your operating model need to change in order to fit the 21st century tech that is now um, available but what's interesting is this tech is is around automation, but it's around automating the processes that a salesperson shouldn't necessarily be doing to give them more time to sell, to actually have conversations and talk to human beings, rather than um, being just in the you know in the, the system, if you will, filling and updating things. And I think that's where I believe that's where a lot of this has kind of got lost. And also, you know, with the LinkedIn connectors that kind of badge this as helping you in terms of automated outreach and automated, co- you know, connections. That's actually why actually not having a message at all is on a LinkedIn connection request is probably more likely to get you a request than one with a message because people are now suspicious as to whether is this a real message or am I just going to get an automated pitch immediately, um, immediately afterwards. What I believe needs to happen is that yes. Automation is going to help. I'm now using Lately AI, an incredible social media scheduling tool, um, to automate the mundane task of actually writing the headlines or the catchy headlines um, for social media posts. Not the actual blog. I write the blog or I do the video much like this, but then it then does the it writes the, the catchy posts for me based on the text or the audio that uh, that is there. It saves me a huge amount of um, huge amounts of time, so I can spend more time creating what I hope is valuable content or actually going out and outreach and talking to uh, talking individuals. Um, also, when I'm running uh, workshops, I can then still be kind of present, if you will, uh, out in the market and still talking to people uh, on, online because that's a key thing in the social aspect is being consistently present and, uh, and out there. But for me, it's how do we then start to reset the automation aspect in a positive way and how can this then be built into the social bit of your overall sales processes and I think this is I think I believe this this is the next iteration of uh, of all of this is that what can we then do just to improve using data to make this a better more effective conversation and interestingly i've just uh, there's an article that was uh, that was shared um from uh, forbes um the contributor is a gentleman called steli fd he's kind of a um you know he's a serial entrepreneur and uh, it's um from paul uh, paul graham he talks to uh, he's one of the co-founders of y combinator y combinator is one of the uh organizations they they help kind of scale and they help businesses um help businesses grow and he's talking around why doing things that don't scale, that don't scale as a must in B2B sales. 
and kind of the overall kind of, and this is more for, you know, startups or businesses that are trying to get to the big organization. He believes automation, mid-tier, SME market, yeah. Let's send lots of emails, get that kind of, uh, that hit rate up and uh, and so on. But the key thing is that when he talks about the, the enterprise level or the enterprise companies, his view, it needs to be one-to-one. You know, Desi, I will literally quote here, designate an account executive to lead every single communication with the prospect. No automated sequences here. Uh, use internal resources to research the living hell out of them, uncover as much as you possibly can about their company, their market, the customers, their team, their pain points, etc. That second part is a key aspect of the social aspect of selling. There's so much information out there. And I said, we, talk, we talked about uh, gentleman Nigel making reference to trigger events um, in 2009. You know, tools like Sales Navigator give you trigger events. Uh, tools like Bombora or Spiker in Intent Data give you bigger trigger uh, events. It is all out there, but what we then need to do is to then, as, uh, as Paul says, is build this into a way that it is that personalized, you know, one-to-one. So if you're watching on YouTube, it's kind of one-to-one conversation that I'm having with you now, if you're listening on uh, the podcast, uh, this one-to-one conversation that we are uh, we're having around. Okay, I want this to be purely about me. Focus on me. If I get an automated email, you don't care. You haven't done your um, uh, your research. And at the enterprise level, I think this is you know, utterly uh, key. I don't care whether you manage one account, 10 accounts, 15 accounts. This is where the world is going. This is where it, where it needs to be. This world of hyper-personalization. So Justin Michael, again, he talks about how can we do hyper-personalization at scale? Figuring it out. Can we? I don't know. Will we get to the minority report? Uh, I don't know. And the interesting thing about um, going back to the referral aspect of social selling is that certainly on LinkedIn, there is no way of scoring that. There is no way of truly understanding what the relationship is between someone until you back channel or that like the inbound that came in the other day, that email comes in, XYZ suggested I talk to you because that individual would never have recommended you, the listener, to whomever, because if you're gonna do something wrong and you're not going to reflect them as an individual in terms of their brand and what they stand for, it's gonna break the trust between who they referred through uh, through to you. And, and this is where I believe those that truly understand the framework that Timothy Hughes set out in social selling back in 2016, you get the framework to start to then get one step ahead of the conversation. This is about um, being able to then start to demonstrate true strengths and value within the relationships that you have. And we all know, well, I'm connected to, back in my recruitment days, so I'm connected to a bunch of people on LinkedIn who I don't know, I don't know at all. Um, there's a small call though that I'm starting to build a relationship up with who I do know, I haven't met, but I do know well enough that I'd be, would I put them, would I let them look after my kids? No, probably not. Would I be happy to refer them to a business opportunity? Yes, I probably would. And what's interesting is these communities are starting to break out out of LinkedIn. So Facebook groups, Slack groups, um, 
WhatsApp groups, which are starting to, to rise up because there's this frustration that I'm not necessarily, I can't get to the community that I want to in the big social networks. So I tell you what, let's build our, um, our own one. So Rev Genius uh, is one, um, uh, one by example, uh, set up by uh, Jared, I'm gonna forgive me, I'm gonna forget your, uh, your name, by Jared Robin um, in the US. So Rev Genius is, is set up on a Slack group. They scaled from I think zero to 4,000 people in around oh, 5,000 people, I think in 10 weeks or something insane like that, because there was this thirst for community conversation and learning from uh, from each other to help kind of just move this whole uh, this whole industry uh, industry forward. And with everything that's happening in terms of do people go back to the office, not go back to the office, and how the way that we are we are changing, I think what we're going to see is this 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 changing of creating genuine sales even micro communities, if, if you will, within the construct of social. So let's say B2B is primarily going to be LinkedIn, right? Um, Twitter, absolutely relevant. Instagram becoming relevant. TikTok, interesting to see what happens there. The social platform is irrelevant. Uh, your audience dictate where you, where you should be. I believe that this is going to be the next iteration of the social aspect of social selling. Data is going to play a huge part of this. And if you can start to get your head around data analytics, if you can start to get your head around even what data you're capturing, we go to your marketing team, what data are we actually capturing? If you have LinkedIn premium, when you post things, look at which organizations are looking at those social media posts, look at which people are looking at your, um, uh, your, uh, your profile, start to get, just get this all together and start to look at it and start to look for trends, start to look for, um, opportunities. Why did that work? Why did that work? If you have things like Gong, Sales Loft, Outreach, all this kind of stuff starts to do this uh, for you at um, at scale, then start to do something and act uh, upon upon that to then iterate and uh, and learn. So, do I believe that social selling is dead? No, of course not. I, I live and breathe it. It is. Um, what I do is how we generate uh, businesses uh, as, an, as individuals, as organizations. But what I do believe is that whilst the frameworks that um, Timothy Hughes set out, and Nigel talked about, Nigel Edelshane talked about in 2009, whilst I believe they remain strong and true, I do believe the next iteration of this is going to be heavily driven by data analytics supported by technology that then fits in with a modern sales operating model which talks to your customers needs because at the end of the day this all boils down to your clients and making it about them and how you can make them feel like you are the, they are the most important person to you in the world. Those are my thoughts. Uh, I welcome any uh, feedback, any debates uh, that, you may, uh, that you may think. Um, please feel free to connect with me if we're not, or go and follow me on the varying. I'm on um, LinkedIn, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Insta, I am on TikTok as, uh, as well. So please do feel free to uh, come and follow and find me, mention this, uh, 
uh, this podcast or this blog on YouTube if you're watching. Um, if you're not subscribing to uh, either, I would really appreciate uh, appreciate that. But otherwise, uh, good luck. I hope you've learned something from this. I hope there's some thoughts that you can go do a little bit differently. Uh, otherwise, enjoy the rest of your day. Uh, thank you for listening wherever you may be around the world.